welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. If you would please turn to Luke chapter 2, the book of Luke chapter 2, and this is our third week in our series entitled Understanding What This Local Church Thing Is All About. From the Bible, not from somebody's opinion, but what, what's God's view of what we're doing right now? What, what, why are we here right now? I mean, what, what's his view of the local church? Why, why are we here? Because a man said it's time to go to church? Or did we find something in the Bible that maybe God said? We found something in the Bible. As a matter of fact, I found this out in my study about the local church, that if we're followers of Jesus, we will be in church at least once a week, sometimes daily, when we have seminars. and th- He was. I said he was. And if we're followers... He... He was quoted one time as saying, Father, my love for your house burns in me like a fire. You'd think it would have said, Jesus would have said, my love for you, Father, burns in me like a fire. That's not the way it was said. He said, Father, my love for your house burns in me like a fire. That's your Lord. That's the one we say we're all following. He loved the things of God in the earth. He loved the Father's will. He knew there were things in the earth that were totally the things of God. And he loved them. See, when you see people involved with the things of God, if you're not careful, you'll slip to thinking it's things of people because you see people. But behind the scenes, what's going on behind the scenes? The Bible says, Jesus told Peter one time, he said, Peter, you're all caught up in the things of men. You're not even interested in the things of God. See, there's things of God in the earth. Paul, this is an amazing statement, Paul the Apostle was sharing with the church at Philippi, and he said this, listen to what Paul said, by the Holy Spirit, he said, all men seek their own, and not the things which be Jesus Christ's. Not the things which, are there things of Jesus Christ in the earth that we can and should be giving our attention to? Yeah, and you really need to discern it. You have to see past the physical at times to realize this is not just a thing of men, though there's men involved. This is a thing of God. And it's interesting because Paul said all men seek their own. Everybody's doing their own thing. And that's why there's so much hurt and pain in the earth today because people are doing their own thing. God's already been down this road. He knows the perfect path. We're dumb if we don't look to him for decisions in our life. Just keep waking up and doing what we want to do. I can never imagine Jesus waking up once in the morning, going, oh, what do I want to do today? Life's too short to do what you want to do. You need to seek the Lord because his plan is to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope, a future. He'll help you do things to cause his eternal significance in your life, rewards in the next life. You don't want to just waste your days by just doing only what you want. Learn to yield your will to what he wants for your life. And then you're going to start living a supernatural life that everybody else is going to know how you did it. So in Luke chapter 2, I want to show you something. Jesus was 12 years old at this time. 
And it's real interesting what he said here concerning what we're talking about right now. So basically, here's the story. You ready? He's with his family. He's with mom and dad and the whole caravan, the whole family. We're in Jerusalem. Now they're going home. Hit the road. And, but Jesus stayed behind. And his parents didn't know it. Interesting, huh? And so Joseph and Mary go, where's Jesus? Anybody seen Jesus? They're like miles away already. Where's Jesus? Where's they couldn't find him. So they went back to Jerusalem, looked all over for him. They are freaking out. Can't find their 12-year-old son. And it says here in Luke chapter 2, verse 46, and it came to pass that after three days they found him. They're looking for him for, lost their kid for three days. And they came and found him three days in the church or in the temple, sitting in the middle of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. I love it. Twelve years old loves church. Parents, if you want your kids to love church, what should you do? Love church. <laughs> All right? Because they're going to follow more what you do than what you say. Right? You want your kids to love something? You love that something. You want your kids to hate something? You hate that something. Now, kids, you shouldn't be smoking. And they're going, you hear me now? Don't be smoking. <laughs> if you don't want your kids to smoke, uh, Revelation, you might not want to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right along. Are you ready? It said in verse 47, And all that heard Jesus, 12 years old, were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why have you dealt with us like this? Check it out. Your father and I have sought you sorrowing. And Jesus said to them, how is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. Now, what I, there's a ton you can learn from this right here, a ton. But let me, one thing I want you to realize is what you're doing right now is the father's business. You're taking it serious. I know you may, have, you may have thought, you know, well, I just go to church because it's, you know, the, the religious thing to do. I, I go to church because, you know, I feel like I should. I, I, you're doing the Father's business. Jesus was sitting in the midst of the doctors and teachers, hearing them. What are you doing right now? You're hearing the Word. You're looking at Scriptures. You're praising God. What are you doing? What are you doing in God's eyes right now? Father's business. See, when you realize it's the Father's business, you're more prone to go when you don't feel like it. Is, are you ever going to not feel like going to church? What do you do when that happens? You remind yourself, my feelings are not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord, and my love for Him is greater than my feelings for something else. Oh, church, if we can ever get off the feeling roller coaster... Thinking that feelings are, the, are, the, are, are the confirmation that a decision is right or wrong. We are going to see the power of God. Jesus was in church and he said, Mom and Dad, why did you seek me sorrowing? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? So what are you doing right now? The father's business. This is the father's business. It may not feel like it. It may not smell like it. It may not look like it. it may not. 
It is the Father's business. Jesus said it was. Hmm? Now, um, I want you to turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 13. Say this, I am right now doing the Father's business. Hearing His Word. Acts 13, New Testament, this is the beginning of the church age, which we're all a part of 2,000 years later. The beginning of the church age, and it says in verse 1, I want you to notice these words, Acts 13, 1. And remember, everything you read in the Bible is God talking to you. This book is not like any other book. It's God-breathed. Holy men and women of God were, were moved on by the Holy Ghost, and they spoke, and somebody wrote it down. This is not just like another book in Barnes & Noble or something. This is the Word of God. And God said here in verse 1, actually Luke authored, he wrote the book of Luke, but God was behind it. And so Luke says in verse 1, now there were, what? what? Now there were, wait, wait. I thought church was uh, just, you know, born again people. No, no, church is also a place you go to. See, I've been, I've been around a little bit of time, and in my little bit of time, you know, 34 years of full-time pastoring this church, I've seen people get sidetracked into saying, you know what, we don't need to go to church. I am the church. You know, the body of Christ is the church. They're half right. But the other half is hurting them <laughs> that, they, that they don't see. Yes, if you're a born-again Christian, you are a part of the body of Christ. But this scripture says they were in a place as well, and that was called the church. They were where? Put it back up. They were in the church, in the church that was at Antioch. Oh, they were in a local church. Who was? You know, just those newbies, you know, just those newbies that just got saved, you know. Just those newbies that, you know, they need their little crutch still. Just those prophets and teachers were in church. Not newbies. Mature ones who understood the church was established by the Lord Jesus who gave pastors, teachers, etc. Yes, you are the church. But if you are the church, you want to be in the church. Because you love others that are in the same church, in the body, right? Actually, the Bible says we are the body of Christ. Local churches are like parts of the body here and there. Interesting to me that Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, all the letters, all the way through the last chapter of the book of Revelation are for church people. Jesus had certain things for local churches. This is why it's so important to find out what church you're supposed to be a part of because the Spirit has some things He wants to say to you specifically. You're not going to get through an online teacher who doesn't live in your... Yes, listen to online teachers. Listen to other preachers. Yes, but I am telling you, you don't want to miss what the Spirit is saying to the church in Grand Junction. Do not want to miss that. Now you may think, I missed it, it ain't no big deal. It ain't over yet. The enemy's not going to come with bondage in 24 hours. He just wants to get you a little off course so three years down the road, you're in a zone where you don't even want the things of God anymore. You dig your own hole of bondage. 
So they were in the church. I want to read the whole verse. Now there was in the church. Does everybody say in the church? In the church. Should we go to the church? Or should we, is it just, I'm part of the church. I don't need to go to church. What is that? Well, it starts with an R. <laughs> Rebellion? Why would we want to rebel against going to where Jesus went all the time? And he went to imperfect churches. Oh my goodness. In fact, one church wanted to kill him, but he kept going back. He said, ain't no preacher going to keep me out of my father's business. Ain't no leader in the church going to keep me out of doing the father's business. And the Lord, the father protected him. So in, everybody say in. There was in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger. Lucius, Cyrene, Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. I want to just read the next verse to see what the New Testament church 2,000 years ago was all involved with. Now, read the next verse. As they got ministered to by the Lord, as the Lord blessed them so much, they had just tingles. Oh, the Lord just... Hey, church, listen. It is totally right on. We need to be blessed when we go to church. We need to be fed. We need to be helped. We need to be ministered to. But that ain't everything. It says they in church ministered to the Lord. Huh. You mean I should go to church because I got something to give to the Lord? See, again, if you realize these things, it'll be a lot harder to stay away when you realize it's not all about you. They, what happens when we minister to the Lord? Oh boy. <laughs> the Holy Ghost starts moving. The power of God starts flowing. Ministries start to get launched. Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Saul of Tarsus started his world-shaking ministry in a church meeting where they were ministering to the Lord. Man, what, could you imagine? What, what would it have been like if Saul of Tarsus would have stayed home and watched the Super Bowl that day? <laughs> he probably never would have become the Apostle Paul. I'm not against football. Just don't, don't, don't put it in the way of God first. Now, do you want to see another scripture that's a little heavier than this? Anybody okay? okay. All right. 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. Paul, actually this whole chapter is talking about church order in a local church. Man, if the local church was no big deal, why take up chapters of Scripture discussing church order? Corinthians, chapter after chapter, church order. Paul to Timothy, chapter after chapter, church order. If the local church was no big deal, why take up chapters and pages in Holy Scripture to tell us about it? Now, just a little break here before we read this. You can go too far with anything. But if you go to, don't go to church, and you don't go to my church, and you don't get baptized in my church, you're not going to heaven. What's that called? Stupid. <laughs> Ditch. On one side of the road. But you know what the other side of the road is? I don't need no church. I don't need to go to no church. I don't need to, I didn't need to go hear no pastor. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. <laughs> That's a ditch. If all you needed 
was to read your Bible at home and go to a Bible study here and there, then why did Jesus give pastors, plural, under shepherds, if you can make it without them? You know, the devil hates us being in unity. He fights unity left and right. He, he fights marriages, try to break. The devil hates the family, and the devil hates the church, because those are the two things the Lord instituted. He will come against your family with division. He will come against your part in the church with division. And he is sly. He is a genius at deception. And he works with your feelings all the time. That's why you need to quit looking to your feelings, whether it's God or not God. Your feelings are a terrible confirmation if it's God or not God. I can show you scriptures right now where Satan is transformed as an angel of light and he makes disobedience feel really good. He'll even back off on oppression to get you on a wrong road out of the will of God. You have to be smart to see these things. And I mean smart with the word. That's the only, this is the only thing that will help you divide between soul and spirit. It's the only thing that will help you divide between angel of light and God is light. We'll say some more about that in just a minute. So in 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul's talking about church order. He's talking about, I'm going to come to you guys again shortly. But he says, but until then, verse 15, 1 Timothy 3, 15, Paul said, if I tarry long or if it takes me a while to get to you, Timothy, I'm saying these things that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in, everybody say in, in, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. There's a whole bunch we could talk about here. How, how do you behave yourself in the house of God? That's an important question. We're hitting on some of it, but that's a whole other teaching. What does it mean? How do you behave yourself in the house of God? What is that? The church of the living God. So he's writing to Timothy who's the pastor of a church in Ephesus, and he's talking about church order in that local church. And he said here, people, Timothy, you need to know, and people in your congregation need to know how to behave themselves in the house of God. You know, you can take the freedom message so far that you're actually using your freedom now to rebel against the things of God and the you know, honor of the Lord. And I thought it was interesting, again, he said, in the house of God. In the house of God. How to behave yourself in the house of God. Now turn to 1 Corinthians 12. So that gets us started, right? Y'all see in here that being in church is a biblical scriptural practice of believers who love the Lord. Now I, I will say this. I, I did see Jesus not go to church for 40 days one time. But he wasn't sitting around watching TV and shopping at the mall either. <laughs> There was one day for about a 40-day span where he didn't go to church. Didn't anybody remember when that was? It's when he was fasting and praying for 40 days, getting ready to minister powerfully for three and a half years before he left the earth realm. So I guess if we're fasting and praying for 40 days straight, it's a good reason to not go to church. Only if the Lord leads you to fast that because I've seen people fast 40 days before and they got, they got brain damage. Remember that guy? A friend of ours, and well, long time ago friend in Portland. He just decided to fast for 40 days because Jesus did. The Lord never led him to and he hurt himself. 
You don't just do things without the leading of the Lord because somebody else did. You pray yourself and hear from God yourself. Don't be a copycat because you may not be able to handle what somebody else did. So for the remaining time, everybody say remaining time. <laughs> for the remaining time, I believe the Lord wanted me to talk to you today about a benefit of being hooked up with a local church. You hear what I said? A benefit. There's many benefits. Here's a benefit of being hooked up. Now, last week, I started off by telling you what we're going to talk about today is how to stay free after you get free. And what I meant by that is our involvement in the church, our hooking up with the local church, not only will get you free, but if you stay hooked, you'll stay free. How many want to stay free? Getting free is groovy. Staying free is awesome. Hmm? Anybody want to stay free? You, you know, because I've seen people get healed and lose their healing three weeks later because they never continued in the Word. They never continued in church. They never continued hearing sermons. They got something from the Lord, but then the devil knocked it out of their hand, threw doubt their way, threw another simp in their way, and they grabbed it back again there in worse shape than they were before. I've seen people come to church, get totally delivered at the altar. I mean, from all kinds of stuff, suicide, uh, fear, bondage, anxiety. I see them come forward, and then, and then they slip away, and we try our best to hold on to them. But man, we all need to be following up. Don't just rely on the follow-up team. And they slip away. I hear news of them later. They're divorced. Their kids are, oh, just some tragic things I don't even want to mention right now with kids and, and things that have happened. And I thought, Lord, why? Why? What did I, how can I be a better pastor? We want to see these people, uh, we, we want to see them hook up. Help us to get them to hook up because I've seen people come and get free but because they didn't stay with the things of God they got back into bondage things got terrible things were and I'm not saying everybody that's left the church that's happened because some people are called out to go to other places and they're still getting fed and that's wonderful and great but I've seen people move from the word of faith and worshiping God into just not even believing anymore problems in their life anybody interested in staying free then you need to get in the habit of what you're doing right now. Don't make this a part of your life. Make it your life. Make the things of God your life, and then the rest of your life will be amazing. I mean, what, can you, what good is it if, you know, you have a life, and you have money, and you have a jet, and you have a car, and you have an island? What good is it if you're sad all the time? But see, you go God's way. And he has no sorrow with it. You still get the stuff, but it doesn't mean that much to you. But you still get it, and you're happy because of him more than anything else. So I want to talk, just for the remaining time, about healing in the church. Anybody ever need healing? Anybody could use a little healing right now? Wanna, would you like to see healing come into your life? Well, there's healing in the church. Listen closely. The more we talk about it, the more people have faith for it, and the more healing will be received into their life. We better talk about the fact that there's healing in the church. There's healing in, the, there's healing in this room right now. Now, you may come and go and not receive any of it, but it doesn't mean it wasn't here. How many want to learn some things about healing in the church, plugging into that healing, and receiving from that power? Well, I'm going to share some things with you right now. God wants you healed. He wants you healthy. He wants you strong. 
For one reason, he loves you very, very much. And another reason, there's a lot of work to do, and it's hard to do it if we're always sick. I hate, he, I hate sickness because sickness is like this interruption of the life that God's called us to live. And don't just expect it to go away because you're a good person. You're going to have to rebuke it. And you're going to have to know how to believe God and how to receive from heaven in a world that says you're crazy. You're going to have to learn some things about rebuking sickness and receiving help from God if you're going to see health in your life. It doesn't just happen because you're nice. A lot of nice people are six feet under today because they didn't know some of these things. About resisting the devil, rebuking disease, believing God for healing in a crazy world that says it's not true. So I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 12. We'll start here in 1 Corinthians 12. There's healing in the church. Look at verse 28. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28. Now again, this is God speaking through Paul the Apostle to the church. And what does he say? God, uh, Paul says, God has set some, where? In the church. What, 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 set what? In the church, first apostles, people that are empowered by God to be apostles. Secondarily, prophets, people that are empowered to be prophets. God has set in the church teachers. Thirdly, teachers. God has set in the church miracles. Wait, 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 wait a second. Does that mean there's miracles in this church? Does that mean there's miracles in the church? <sighs> what else has he said in the church? Gifts of healings. This is divine healing from heaven. God has said in the church helps, governments, diversity of tongues. He's talking here about people in the local church with certain gifts to administer these things to people who need them. Just like apostles is a person. Well, miracles, he's still talking about people who have endowment from God to minister miracles and healings to people. Now listen very closely. Any one of us can receive a miracle from God by faith. But not every one of us has an administration ministry of miracles to others. Everybody can receive healing by faith in the Word of God. But not everybody is called to minister healing to others, like he's saying here in this list of people. But let me say it again. Is there miracles in the church? Where are they? He said they're here. Where's the miracles? How many want to look for them with me? Jesus said, if you seek, you'll find. Guys, there's miracles in the, in the local church. And we're going to start uncovering some things and we're going to see it. Because you can't receive it until you see it. You know what I mean? In, spiritually, by faith. There's healing in the church. Did you see that? Gifts of healing. God has set in the church miracles, gifts of healings in the church. Oh my. Do you realize... That there are demons that are going to try to get you, uh, try to cut you off from receiving what you need in the church. Do y'all understand this? Do y'all realize that there's demons going to try to cut you off from receiving your healing, from receiving your miracle? Do y'all realize this? That there's evil forces that are going to try to mess with your attitude. 
to keep you in a state of not able to receive what you need from your church. Come on, do you guys hear what I'm saying? There's evil forces that are going to try to sever you from receiving from God in your church. It happened in Jesus' ministry. Don't think it can't happen in a local church today. There's people that went to Jesus' meetings and got zero, but it said the power of the Lord was present to heal them, and they left sick. Can't say it wasn't there. The enemy knew, if I can mess with these Pharisees' minds and I can mess with these Sadducees' minds enough, they will not be able to receive from the Lord. And they got into all kinds of dishonor and offense because they just saw Jesus after the flesh. They couldn't receive hardly anything from the Lord because of their offense. Not because the Lord wasn't there and empowered to help them. This is a big truth people need to see. You can't receive from a ministry you're offended at. You can't even receive word. I, um, I was thinking about last week, you know, how, how it was so wonderful. I mean, here I teach a message. We teach a message on the local church, and the Spirit of God starts moving, and 11 people come forward to get their lives totally changed. Salvation, rededications, they come forward to get delivered, and they got it. And I was thinking, I hope everybody in the service got something out of it, because they sure did. Obviously, the power of God was here. But it's interesting, because sometimes I'll see great things happen in services, and then I'll hear somebody say, well, I'm not coming back to church anymore. I just don't like it. There's no power there. And it's, it's people get saved in that church. It's like people get healed, delivered in that church. Well, the person next to you can get a miracle. And you get zero. Depending upon you, not depending upon the preacher. Amen. Depending upon you, not depending upon the power of God. This is why we have to be so cautious, guys. We've got to be so cautious in this area. We don't want to cut ourselves off from some nourishment that God's trying to get to us through another person that he's anointed. Um, turn to Luke 5. Luke chapter 5. We found out from the previous verse that there's healing in the church, so we just need to discover it, learn how to tap into it, get what we need. You know, it's interesting to me. We'll go, we'll go to the scripture in just a minute. Turn to Luke chapter 5, please. We'll start in verse 17. It's interesting to me that God directs sick Christians to church. He didn't say it was wrong to go somewhere else. It's just he said there's healing in the church. Why don't you just go to church and get your healing? I'll show you that scripture in just a minute where God says if you're sick... He points them to the church to get their healing. He's not saying it's wrong to go somewhere else. He's just saying, well, why don't you get it in the church? It's there. Yeah. Well, there's healing in the church. Oh, it helps that the pastors and leaders believe in it. <laughs> right? I mean, that helps a lot. We're coming upon the day where we're going to see a lot more healings in the church because... <sighs> I was just reading in the book of Revelation. It said there's a plague coming on the earth. It's going to kill a third of the people on the planet, which is like two, three billion people. I think this was a warm-up for the devil. And it needs to be a wake-up call for the church. It needs to be a wake-up call. Now, I think we'll probably be gone by then. You know, Carla sent a post out on social media about there's something coming toward the earth. It's, it's not good. You need to get ready. And talking about basically you need to get saved so you can miss this thing that's about to hit the earth. Now, we know there's meteorites that are coming toward the earth, but she was talking about something 
uh, more global than that called the tribulation. And if you don't like tribulating, I suggest you get saved. <laughs> and go up when you hear the trumpet. Amen. And the voice of the archangel. But this message that we're hearing right now is very vital for the days we're living in. How many of you want some solid foundation on the inside of you in this area of divine healing and, and divine health? Well, you're in a good place because we believe there's healing. This church believes healing is for everybody. It's God's will that everybody be healed. I'm not saying everybody knows how to receive healing from the Lord, but it's His will that they do get healed. Healing belongs to everybody whether they know how to receive it or not. You need to settle that in your brain, in your heart right now. Healing belongs to everybody, even people who didn't receive, who loved God. Healing belongs to everybody. But you need to be like blind Bartimaeus. Lord, help me to receive. Alright? So, in Luke 5, verse 17, it says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by in the meeting, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power, read it, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Interesting phrase. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Anybody interested in healing? Um, how does it happen? It happens because you believe. Everybody's waiting for something to come to them. People in the Bible that got miracles came to Jesus. Through crowds, presses, hard situations, in uncomfortable things. That's why I think James says, if any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. We don't always go visit people because we can't take away their ability to act in faith do something to show that they believe. I don't know why somebody doesn't call me. Well, you need to call them. The divine order is if you're sick, you call them. You act in faith. You got to do something to release your faith. Man, if everybody makes it so easy on you, you don't have to release any faith. You're not in a, 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 a mode to receive. Oh, guys, listen to this. L listen. There's so much warfare. There's even warfare going on in this room right now. Things that are trying to distract you, hold you back. People, the healing is so on God's heart for the people. And oh, there's things that clog it. There's things that stop it. There's things that mess it up. We need to be a church that cares for one another. We need to be a church that we're going to do things so others can get healed, not just so we can get We need to make sure the atmosphere is right for other people on the other side of the room who are struggling, just got a bad report of cancer. We need to all be expecting Jesus and quit and get out of the, get out of the funky mindsets of, well, I don't know if I like this and I don't know if I like that. There was a bunch of people here. It said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And they weren't there to be healed. They were there to blaspheme. They were there to mock. They were there to find fault. And guess what? They seek, they find. Whatever you're seeking for is what you find. If you're seeking for fault, the words of Jesus will come to pass in your life. You'll find fault. If you right now start seeking for fault in this church service, you'll find some. Seek and ye shall find. You're going to get what you seek. Other people are seeking for healing. What are they going to get? 
They're going to get healing. You're gonna, and, and, and the interesting thing about it is people say, well, I, I saw this, and I saw that, and they did this, and this wasn't right over here. And that. What happened? Well, they found what they were seeking for. But other people found something different. Jesus said, seek and ye shall find. That includes anything good or bad. If you look hard enough, you'll find fault everywhere. And the Bible says when you get in that zone, you know, critical, finding fault. You know, it seems like, it seems like the more fault you can find in others, the better you feel about yourself. You know, the interesting thing about it, we've been in ministry 34 years, and we've known this, we've seen this scripture happen over and over again. You can tell when people went from glory to God to... They're no longer in the seeking for good mode. They're looking for something. You know what's interesting? The people that were looking for the bad always found it. But there's still people all around them getting saved, filled with the Spirit, healed. Very interesting thing. We found out a scripture in Titus. It says, to him that's defiled, nothing is pure. To him that's defiled, nothing is right. You can, when you get to that defilement stage, that's dangerous. It was dangerous ten steps before that, but that's super dangerous. Nothing's pure. Nothing's right over here. Nothing's right over there. Nothing's right over here. I don't know. First, first maybe it was the person that made him mad. I don't know. But then they kept dwelling on that, and now all of a sudden, another leader made them mad. And then the music made them mad. And the way they changed diapers in the nursery made them mad. And then pastor made them mad. And then a stupid tie. And then this, and then that. Pretty soon, nothing's pure. What? They entered into a defilement zone, and the enemy is playing heyday with them. To him that's defiled, nothing's pure. And just a few months ago, everything was hunky-dory. What happened? Well, maybe not much has happened out here, but maybe a lot's happened in here. You have to watch that kind of stuff. Satan doesn't want you healed. He, you know, he, he succeeded here. Go back to Luke 5, 17. It said the power of the Lord was present to heal who? The Pharisees and the doctors. It said the power, see them at the very end, that's plural, right? Got that? It said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Well, listen closely, guys. Living the way they lived, <laughs> they're going to need some healing. You can't be finding fault and, and striving and this and that without sickness getting a hold of you. Kenneth Hagin said in his book, Love the Way to Victory, he said in his book, he said, he said people always thought I had a weakness of character because I would never, you know, I, I would never just fight back when people unjustly accused me of things or lied about me or, or tried to make life he said I just never fight back he said and people think well brother Hagen you have a weakness in your character why don't you stand up and say something you, you, you weren't wrong in that and they said you were what? he said I like living in health too much I know what it's like to be sick. I was sick for 17 years of my life when I was growing up, and I don't want it anymore. And I realize faith works by love, and if I'm going to stay healthy, I can't keep record of wrongs. I can't be selfish, and I'm not going to, you know, lash out at other people when they lash out at me. I'm not going to do it. He said, I like living in health too much. People don't realize, but a lot of times they don't need healing. They need an adjustment in their love walk, and the healing will flow. Do I just need healing? I prayed and prayed and everybody's praying for me. I need healing. No, maybe you need to forgive somebody who hurts you. So your healing can flow into your life and get that block out of the way. You know, 
When you go to the Lord for healing, my suggestion is go to Him for everything and then healing just comes with the package. If He wants to talk to you about your love walk or this or that, just let Him, let him into your entire life. If you want everything the Lord has for you, well, healing just comes with the package. Don't even have to pray for it. All this praying for healing, 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 praying for healing. Uh, why don't you just live in the zone where you're healthy? It's possible. The wicked one touches him not, the Bible says. Read on. <laughs> Verse 18. And behold. That means check it out. That's King James for check it out. Men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, paralyzed. They sought means to bring him in to lay him before Jesus in this church meeting. Next verse. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop, led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. So basically the room is packed. Jesus is firing away. Power of the Lord's present to heal them. Nobody's getting healed. So somebody decides, you know what? We can't get in the front door. So let's just break open the roof and let the man down on a stretcher. And maybe Jesus will heal him of his paralyzed condition. What's going on here? Well, the whole crowd is just listening. See if he makes a mistake here. See if he misquotes Moses. See if he makes a mistake here. What are they getting? Zippo. Then all of a sudden, these guys break in the room. Guy is floating down on a stretcher. And it says, they went upon the housetop, let him down through the roof. Next verse, verse 20. And when he, Jesus saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. I know that's a precursor to a lot of people being able to receive healing. They need to know God's not mad at you. Your sins are forgiven. Of course you can be healed. All right, so the Lord knew what to say here. Next verse. And it says, And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, Who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? See, they think they got him. They think they got him. What are they doing? What are they doing, guys? What are they doing? They're missing their healing. They're missing their healing. Because it said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And as you see in a couple more verses, only one person got healed in this meeting, and it wasn't any of them that really needed it. One man got it. Who got it? Who got, who got the healing? Can I put it this way? The ones who weren't looking for something else. Because you're going to get what you're looking for. And I'm sorry to say, whatever church you go to, if you look hard enough, you'll find fault. And then you go, see, I was right. No, you just sought and found what you were looking for. It was there all along. What if you're looking for healing when you go to church? What if you're looking past man? What if you're looking past the physical? Well, you're going to find some things a lot of people don't find. Guys, you need, do you understand this? You've got to get this, got to get this. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. We are the body of Christ. There are certain atmospheres that we can create in our church services where the person next to you know who just got a terminal doctor report can be healed. But you have something to do with that. You can grieve the Spirit or you can allow the Spirit to move. How many know if somebody's over there with a deadly disease and somebody over here is grieving the Spirit, it's not going to help them very much? Hmm? I really, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray that we all see that this is bigger than all of us. This, I, 
Sometimes I just feel like putting a bag on my head and preaching, you know, the unknown preacher. <laughs> Daddy Seymour did that and power. I just, I just want to kind of slip in the back and just watch Jesus do some things. Don't you just want the atmosphere to be so full of love and so full of power and so full of glory where you just see people crying and weeping and tumors falling off and ushers having to sweep them out of the way? I mean, don't do you just want to see this? It has a lot to do with all of us. It doesn't just have to do with Jesus. He tried to heal people in his hometown, and the people wouldn't let him. It's not all up to Jesus if people get healed in your church service. It's not all up to the pastor if people get healed in your church service. That's right. He was only to lay his hands on a few sickly folk. He couldn't do any mighty work because they were offended at him. They dishonored him, and they were in unbelief. They didn't see it. They didn't get it, and they missed a move of God. I feel sorry for the innocent people who needed mighty works that day. So coming to church is not all there is to it. These, these Pharisees came to church. And they got zero. But this other man, did you see the other man? Did you finish reading that there? You see that? Put it back up. Next verse. So Jesus perceived their thoughts and said, What do you reason these things in your heart? Next verse. What's easier to say, your sins be forgiven you or arise up and walk? Keep going. Jesus is still talking. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, the paralyzed, paralyzed man, I say unto you, arise, take up your couch and go into your house. Next verse. Immediately he rose up before them all, took up whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Paralyzed on a stretcher, totally healed in front of all their eyes. Next verse. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we've seen strange things today. <laughs> I want you to read that again. It said, they were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Anyone want to see strange things in your local church? I love the faith of the people that brought him. See, bringing people to church is a sign you believe God's there. We need to go from believing we're going to hear good teaching on Sunday to we're going to see the power of God on Sunday. Because we get what we believe for. Right. How about we make some adjustments in our faith and not only believe to hear good teaching, let's believe to see the, some power of God. Yeah. Let's believe to see the power of God. What if we came expecting the power of God like we're expecting revelation knowledge? Well, you get what you believe for. Can you go to one more scripture before we close? Um, hold on, hold on. So let me just take you back to the story a second here. Jesus was in the house teaching. Power of the Lord is present to heal them. Heal them, plural. Only one got healed, but the power was there to heal more. Why didn't the other ones get healed? Well, we said some of the reasons why. Listen closely. Listen closely. I said to you last week, can God be in a place and you not know it? Can God be in a place and you not know it? Genesis 28, I think it's verse 16, it says, Jacob had an encounter with God, a dream of God, opened, heavens opened up, a ladder, angels ascending and descending. He woke up and Jacob said, in the Bible says, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. Can God be in a place and you not know it? Happens all the time. Pharisees obviously didn't know it. And what'd they get? 
angry. <laughs> a little freaked out. But they didn't get what they should have got. Can God be in a place and you not know it? Jesus was in the place. They didn't know it. Surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. James 5. We'll close with this. James chapter 5. I quoted it to you. And I would like you to feast your eyes on this. And if you don't have a Bible, get one. I command you. <laughs> I command you to get a Bible. Friend, your battery might die. There might be a solar flare. <laughs> Are you listening to me? There might be a solar flare. Your computer might not work. Your iPhone battery might die. Right? Get a Bible. Get a hard copy, good old-fashioned King James Bible. Right? Get a Bible. Watch out about the modern ones because some of them, they're, they're taking out scriptures and verses now. You might make sure you get an old-fashioned King James Bible. Or a new King James, maybe. I like King James better. I'm not saying it's a perfect translation, but it's the closest word for word that we have, other than the Greek. Get a, get a Bible, everybody. I'm telling you, these are the times. You're going to need a Bible. You're going to need a Bible. I use, I use my you know, Bible app all the time, and I go online to Bible Gateway all the time, but it'll never take the place of this. Never. All right? So turn to James in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible... Uh, Daniel said at the end of the service, we'll give you one. So if you'll come forward, when the altar ministers are forward here, ask for a Bible and we will get you one. So in James chapter 5, James 5, thank you, Lord. Look at verse 14, 15. Is any... 14, please. So he's writing to the church. He says, is any sick among you? I want you to read it. This is the word of God. Is any sick among you? What should you do if you're a sick Christian? Not wrong to go to the doctor. It's not wrong to go to the hospital. It's not wrong. But is there healing in the church? Yes. Is any sick among you? Let him hope that the elders come and visit him. Because if they don't, you know, I'm going to another church. I mean, we've had people get mad at us for not coming to them. Like we supernaturally somehow knew they were in trouble. Why didn't you come and see me? Didn't know. Call us. <laughs> call. Even God says, call unto me and I'll answer you. Right. right? If any sick among you, what should you do? Well, that deacon better come see me or I ain't getting my tithe. No, if you're sick, you call. And can I just give you a word of, a word of wisdom here? If your loved one is sick, don't call for them unless they want you to. Let them have that opportunity to act in faith. Don't take it away from them. Is any among you sick? Call for the elders of the church. Where does God point sick people to? Where does he point sick Christians to? To get here. Where does God point sick Christians? We need to get back to this. I'm telling you, we need to lift up our faith to the next levels and get to this place where people are sick. The first thing they should do is think about going to church, not staying home from church. Amen. Calling for the church if they can't get to church. Or if it's super contagious, call and we'll come and we'll pray and we'll believe God. 
Well, what if, what if, what if, the, what if the corona gets on me? What if the corona? No, what if my healing gets on you? Yeah. See, if, we're th if we have more faith in corona getting on us and our healing getting on them, we are not where we should be in our walk with God. Don't feel condemned about it, but we're not where we should be in our walk with God. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lay hands on the sick and they shall... What does that mean? It means you're contagious. With what? Healing power. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and... Well, if I touch them, it'll get on me. No, Jesus touched lepers and they got healed. He didn't get leprosy, they got healed. Come on, if we're, if we're thinking, please don't misunderstand me. It may take you a few weeks to get out of the zone you're in now. Don't know condemnation. But we need to get to the place, ASAP, where we're more conscious of healing power in us being released on people than what's on them coming on us. And if we're not there, don't know condemnation, but we need to get there, especially in the days ahead. Yeah. It can't be a game anymore. It can't be just, you know, I'll, I'll do this if I feel like. We need to be sold out to God. We're living in a time right now where you have to be sold out to God. If you don't want a bunch of extra battles on your hand. There's no substitute for being sold out to God. There's some lifestyle changes that need to take place. There's some attitude adjustments that need to take place. There's some priorities that need to be changed and, and, and rearranged in this hour. A lot of people have God in their life, but He ain't first in their life. It's time to make some major adjustments, guys. This is the end time army we've been prophesied about. We will not break rank. We'll not thrust one another with the sword. We'll get done what God told us yeah. to do. And the thing on our mind mostly is His will. All the things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of His glorious love. We realize why we're here. We're not here just to succeed on a job. We're here to do kingdom business. We love the, we, we'd stop anything the Lord told us anytime. We'd stop a marriage. We'd stop a funeral. We'd stop whatever. We, if the Lord calls, we go. We go. You got to read in the book of Joel, it says, you call everybody. He says, he says I, God says, you need to get everybody together, assemble the congregation, get the priests, get the ministers, those that, the babies that are still uh, breastfeeding. You bring everybody, the, the right groom out of her closet, the groom out of his room. Get here and do the will of God. Yeah. What do you do if the Lord says that? I tell you, there's, there's a lot of people today go, I ain't going nowhere. It's my birthday. Oh, that's right. Your birthday. <laughs> People, we need to at least be open to putting our birthday on hold. Because what good is a birthday if God can't show up in power? There's times people left funerals. People, people actually didn't go and respond to the Lord because they were getting married. And God knows I can't come. No, He knows you won't come. Well, God understands I, I can't go. I got real estate to do today. No, He, he doesn't understand you can't go. He, he understands you love something more than Him or more than His things or something's more of a priority to than His things. We haven't been perfect in this. By any means. But we knew a long time ago. If God wanted us to do something. Or Keith Moore was coming to town. Or we had a church meeting. And it was on a Sunday. Uh, and, and, and we had something else going on. Or it was on a Friday. We knew. Whatever's going on on Friday, Carla. Putting it on hold. Kids stuff. Our stuff. Anniversaries. 
And we, this has just been a lifestyle for us. And the only reason I'm sharing that with you is say, not to say, it's to say, it's for anybody. This doesn't happen because we're pastors. There's going to be times you're going to have opportunity to put the Lord first. And it's going to hurt. But you don't care because you love Him. Let it, let it burn. <laughs> let it burn. I don't care. Well, I mean, you know, we just, guys, the kingdom of God comes without observation. Most people don't see it because it's all clothed in natural things. Oh, hey, Keith Moore's coming. Hey, got this meeting coming. Hey, we're going to go out in the street and witness people. Hey, we're gonna do it's all clothed in natural stuff. People, I don't have time for that. Not realizing it was a kingdom opportunity and they didn't observe it as one. Jesus said the kingdom of God comes without observation. You've got to be a little bit more in tune to realize this isn't just a man inviting me to do something in the church. This is the Lord. James 5, keep going. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they will be forgiven him. I think we should stand up. Let's just keep our eyes on the Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father God. Lord, we look to you. We look to your word. I, um, there's a couple little things that I wrote down that I didn't know if I was supposed to share them today. I'm done preaching, guys. I'm not going to go a lot longer here at all. I just, there's something I wanted to say to you that I thought would be really important. Um, you know, as believers, we are operating on a whole different system than the world. We, we don't follow what they follow. We don't do what they do. We don't want what they want. We don't think like they think. And so really, a lot of our lifestyle is just crazy to the world. Our, our priorities, our values, they're just, they think we're totally flipped out. You go to church every week? Golly. No, I go twice, three times a week. Duh. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to say this because I just, I just want you to be aware of some things, okay? I, I, I've been around, I've been in the church set, setting for quite a while, and I've been a pastor for a while, and I just, I just don't want anybody drifting into things that later they wish they hadn't drifted into. And I, one of the things I felt like the Lord wanted me to say to you today, in addition to what I've already said, is nobody would go the wrong way if it felt like the wrong way. Nobody would go the wrong way if it felt like the wrong way. Many times the wrong way feels really good. Do you know why it feels really good? Because there's feel-good demons. Their whole personality before they were disembodied was feel-good, worldly pleasure. And just like you can sense a spirit of fear when it's close to you, you can sense this other pleasure thing when it's close to you. And if you're not careful, you think it's the Lord because it feels good. Are you listening to me? Nobody would go the wrong way if it felt like the wrong way. In other words, the wrong way at times feels really pleasant. 
I know it's kind of hard to think that a, a demon would actually help you feel pleasant. There's all kinds of them, guys. And the closer you get to them, the, clo the more you take on their personality and the more you feel like they feel. Listen, listen to this. The devil has a way of making wrong feel right. And right feel wrong. What I'm saying, what I believe the Lord wants you to hear all this is that never... Ever, 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 ever let your feelings be the confirmation that what you're feeling is truth or not truth. What's true or what's not. Never. Never. I remember one time I was in a Kenneth Hagin meeting, winter Bible seminar. He's firing away, teaching some of the most amazing things I've ever heard in my life. And all of a sudden, this feeling of oppression hit me right aside. I'm telling you, I just, I could barely sit still. I actually had to get up and walk out and go to the other room. It felt like, it felt dark. It felt weird. It felt like, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. I'm telling you, something was trying to push me away from where I was supposed to be. Had I broke that connection, I would not even be here today. I'd probably be six feet underground today. Day. If I had broken that connection with what was going on, the devil was trying to make something really good feel terrible. And if I, I thank God I had enough teaching in my younger years that I know I, this can't be right. The Bible says different. This is right. What he's preaching is the truth. But the feelings are saying, no, no, get out, get out, get out, get out. I'm telling you, I almost like put, trying to push me out. And then there's times, then there's times I felt like this is the best thing in the world. Oh my gosh, look at this direction. I felt peace. It was bright. It was wonderful. And totally unscriptural. And if I would have went by my feelings, I would have again been destroyed. Oh guys, listen closely. Satan transforms himself as an angel of light. At times, it's going to be bright and it's going to feel wonderful and it's totally the devil. Did you hear what I said? At times, it's going to be bright, and it's going to feel wonderful, and it's not God. Come on, tell me, guys, in closing, what, what do we go back to to know the truth? What do we go back to to know the truth? Pilate said in John 18, Jesus, what is truth? And Jesus said, Father, thy word is truth. Come on, how do you know if something's right? It, just because it's bright is no reason to go. Just because it feels wonderful is no reason to go. Just because it's awful is no reason to stay. Come on, what's the number one way you're going to tell? Come on, there's only one way, one way, one way. The Word of God. It's the only thing sharp enough to divide between soul and spirit, what's really right and what just feels right. What's true light and just an angel of light. I'm saying these things in a local church setting because a lot of times you'll feel things in a local church, you'll not feel things in a local church. Just go back to the scriptures. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Jesus was in church, called it the Father's business, right? Come on, you just got to go back to what you heard the Lord say. You got to go back to the original because if you go by your feelings, you are making the devil happy. A lot of times it does feel right. Other times it don't, but you need to stay anyway. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.